verse 16, it says, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In verse 17, and Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Like I said, if you feel like naming your child Simon Barjona, it's a good name. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In verse 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Notice Jesus said, red letter, I will build my church. Everybody say, my church. Let's look at Ephesians 2. We're going to read some verses, if that's okay with you. Talking about pebbles and boulders. You guys here? 
want to go home? So, pebbles and boulders. Uh, can we do a, a quick recap of last week? Let me say a couple things. Last week we talked about my church. We talked about the importance of the church. And a couple things we said last week is the church is God's idea, not man's idea. Okay, some random guy didn't make this up years ago so he could start something to make money on. No, this is not just a religious thing. Jesus is building his church. Now, people have turned it into organized religion, but Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to start the church of the living God. And we realize Jesus loves the church, and he gave himself for the church, and he's building his church, and that's the only thing he's building on the planet. So if you're not building his church, if you're not loving his church, if you're not giving yourself for the church, you are wasting your life. Did I get too strong already? this message, but if you're not loving the church and giving yourself for the church, you're not doing what Jesus is doing, because what Jesus is doing is loving the church and giving himself for the church, because the vehicle that God is using on the planet to change the world is the church. The solution to the world's problems is the local church. The hope of the world is the local church. That's what God is using to build his kingdom on earth is the church. So if you're not about the church, you're really not about Jesus. So many people say, well, I love Jesus, but not the church. Impossible. You don't. Because what you love will reflect in what you love about the church. Because Jesus loves the church, and if you love him, you'll love what he loves, and that is his church. That's his bride, the church. So we can't say, well, I love Jesus, I'm just not into the local church. I'm not into organized religion. No, you're just saying that because some people have hurt you, or uh, the church wasn't maybe what you thought it would be. But Jesus loves his church and is building his church. We talked about this also last week. We don't go to church because pastors are perfect, people are perfect. We go to church because he's perfect. Hello, somebody. We go to church because God is perfect, and God is fixing our lives. And we don't go to church based off other people anyways, because we don't go for them anyways. We go to church because we all need help, and we're admitting that by coming to church, because we're serving a God who is perfect, and who can help imperfect people like us, including the pastors and leaders of the church, need help from Jesus. Can I get an amen? So we see that the church is something that Jesus loves, something that he gave himself for, something that he is building on the earth. The church is important to God. And so many people, especially in our day and age, in the western part of the world where we live, uh, have bad attitudes about the church. It's funny, that's the only part of the world that feels that way about the church. Because if you're in another country tonight, they would beg to have a church like this. They would do everything they could just to meet with fellow believers. But us in our North America entitlement society thinks that we don't need the church. The church is just a man-made idea, but God's idea from the beginning was to build his church. 
We need to be thankful for what we have because people in other countries tonight can't even gather together and worship like this, and we take it for granted tonight. And we miss services all the time, not thinking a thing about it, when people would do everything they could just to go to one service, just to gather together with somebody preaching the Word of God to them. They would do everything they could to have that. And we have that freely all the time, and we take it for granted and don't think twice about it. And realize that if you're critical of the church, you're critical of Jesus Christ. So I would say, watch your mouth. Because Jesus loves his church and is building his church. You can't talk about his bride and not expect to get a reaction from Jesus. And it doesn't matter if it's the church you like. It doesn't matter if it's a church that you were like, well, they don't believe the way we believe. It's still his bride. And Jesus still loves it. And Jesus is still building it. And I said this last week. We need to speak well of Jesus' bride, whether it be Baptist, Methodist, Christian church, Catholics, whatever, Pentecostal Charismatics, whatever they are, if they love Jesus and are trying to build his church and they love people and are preaching the Bible, we need to be for those churches, not against them, not critical of them. We need to be for them because they're a part of his church. They are just as much his bride as we are. Y'all get anything so far? We realize here that the church is uh, several different things here. So if you're taking notes, write some of these down. First of all, the church is the community of God. The church is the community of God, and we talked about this last week in the book of Acts. The early church, they were a community who met together, not just on Sundays, but they met together house to house, in fellowship together, they ate together, they loved one another, they prayed for one another, and everyone needs a community to be involved in. So many people have so many different clubs or country clubs or uh, they got different organizations. They start, what are they looking for? Community that they don't have, which they're missing out on because the community they need to be a part of is the local church. So they're trying to fill that lack of community with other things like hobbies or interests or different clubs or organizations you can join. But none of those things are the things that God is using to change the world. Only the churches. That's the only community worth being a part of and worth giving your life for is the local church. It's the community of God. Number two, the church is the family of God. The church is the family of God. And if you read the New Testament, you will notice so many times Paul talks about this about the local church. He talks about you need to treat the older men in church like fathers the older women in church like mothers, the younger uh, men like brothers, and the younger women like sisters. What does that imply? That the church is a family. And that we're not just a community alone, but we're a family of believers together. And I'd like to say this, the spiritual connection that we have is deeper than blood. It's deeper than there's a lot of you in here that are closer to me than my own natural family because the spiritual connection is deeper than even blood. It's true. And like Jesus even said in the Gospels when uh, they're asking him about his mother and his brothers, and they said, Jesus said, who are my mother and brothers? 
They're the ones who do the Word of God. They're the ones who are about building the kingdom of God. And he says, I will choose somebody who's willing to do the Word of God even over my natural family. They will be my real family because they choose to do the Word of God. They choose to be interested in the things I'm interested in, which is building the church. So you got to realize the connection that we have and our church family has, and really the church globally, is stronger than even your natural family, bloodline, lineage. And, and, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry, sometimes I get almost a little too critical about that, but some people will choose people that are not going the same direction just because they're so-called family, but rather than support their church family in the things of God. That's wrong. I don't care who it is. I don't care how much they say they love you. If they love you, they'd be a part of building the kingdom of God and going the same direction you're going. That's who my family is. You're my family in here. That's who really loves me is the church. It's the family of God. And the church is to be a family. We're not just a community. We're a family together. You are my brothers and sisters. The older men and women of this church are like aunts and uncles. They're like mothers and fathers to me. And that's the kind of connection we should have as a church. Number three, the church is the house of God. The church is the house of God. And we see that so much in the New Testament. It talks about in Timothy that the church is now the house of God. We talked about this some the other week. We said, you know, people say, well, I am the house of God. That's true. But when we come together, we If you really have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you, He will lead you to join a local church. Are you here? He will lead you to join a local church and be involved in the church if He's in there. You can't say, well, I got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. I am the house of God and not be a part of a local assembly together. It doesn't work like that. Because the Holy Spirit knows you need a local church, knows you need a church to be a part of, so He will lead you into the right place you need to be. So we see here the local church is the community of God, it's the family of God, and it's the house of God. Now, let's look back over at Matthew 16. Now we're going to get into what we really want to talk about tonight. Matthew 16. about heaven and gold. It's going to make sense. Matthew 16, verse 18. says, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Notice that Jesus speaking red letter. Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, Jesus talks about the church and uses a lot of different uh, examples. If you read in the New Testament, the church is referred to as a lot of different things. Now, several of those things, one of it, one of those things that's talked about in the New Testament is the church is used as an example as a bride. It's also used as an example as a body. But lastly, what we're going to talk about tonight is the church is uh, referred to as a building. 
or a house. So, we see that in the New Testament, the church is referred to as a bride, as a body, and as a building. Now, next week, we're going to probably talk about the church as a body. And there's many members in the body, and they do different roles and play different parts. So, we see the church as a body, but tonight, we're going to be talking about the church as a building or a house, because we know that the church is the house of God. Now, in Matthew 16 and verse 18, it says, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now we go preach. You guys ready for this? Now, if you do a little bit more study, and we're going to teach for a second here, if you do a little more study about uh, the original languages, notice it says, you are also Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Okay, so he says that you are Peter. Now, the word Peter in the original language is the word Petros. You can say it if you want. Petros. And it is the word that means a small stone or a pebble. And that word Peter, he says that you are Peter. It says a small stone or pebble. That's the word that he uses there. But notice he goes on and says, on this rock I will build my church. Now the word he uses for rock Stay with me. The word he uses for rock is the word petra, which means a foundation or a cornerstone or a boulder. Now, I'm still here. You hear where I'm going where, when I say pebbles and boulders. So, Jesus says that you are Peter, pebble, stone, small rock. And on this rock, boulder, foundation, cornerstone, I will build my church. So what is he saying here? Glad you asked that. What is Jesus saying in this passage? Why does he use two different words for two different types of stone? Because Jesus is building his church on himself, but on us. And that's why he uses the two different types of language. He uses Peter, which is a human, which is an example for using us as his body. A small stone or a pebble, but it says, and then on this rock, a foundation, boulder, or a cornerstone rock, I will build my church. Now you need to understand this that when he talks about that, in the, in, the, in the context of that, so many people have got it wrong because they haven't studied the original languages. As we know in the Catholic Church, they take it literally that Peter was the first pope, and uh, if you know anything the, the Catholic Church in the Vatican. The Vatican is where the, the headquarters is for the Catholic Church. And they say that Peter is literally buried underneath the Vatican Church. So they literally took that scripture literally that on Peter they built a church. It's true. If you ask them today, they will take you to a place underneath the Vatican. You probably can't get there unless you're in like angels and demons. But Underneath the real Vatican is where Peter is supposed to be buried. Why? Because on this rock, I will build my church. And they took that literally. But they didn't think about the original languages. So, is Jesus building it on Peter or himself? It's both. And we talked about this the other week. So many people try to uh, try to make uh, things go against each other. Or it's either this or it's that. But when sometimes it's really both. Uh, 
when people say, well, are you a word church or a spirit church? It's not one or the other, it's both. Um, do you love Jesus or do you love the church? Well, it's not one or the other, it's both. And God does a lot of things like that in the Word of God, and people try to choose one thing or other, but it's both. Is Jesus building the church on himself or on people? It's both. But notice it says, on this rock I will build my church. The cornerstone, the foundation stone. So what is this foundation stone or cornerstone he's talking about? Well, Jesus is speaking of himself, but more importantly, the revelation that, that Peter just said, Jesus is the Son of the Living God. That is the foundation of the church. Because how many know if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of the Living God, you're not in the church and you're not a part of the church. So that is the foundation of the church is Jesus. But He's saying, Peter, you're going to be a stone that I'm going to build my church upon. Let's go to Ephesians two.
knows that for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we see here the church is built on one person and one person alone, Jesus Christ. One person and one person alone. He is the foundation stone, he is the boulder, he is the cornerstone that holds all the church together. And we see here that any good, solid church, their foundation better be Jesus, or they don't have a solid foundation whatsoever. If you don't go to a church that doesn't talk about Jesus that often, I wouldn't keep going to that church. Because he's the foundation, the cornerstone, the boulder that holds us all together. Can I share some interesting things about a cornerstone? Because Jesus is the, he's the cornerstone, he's the foundation that us as the church are being built upon. Something interesting about a cornerstone is when you build buildings, especially in Bible times, but even 100, 200 years ago, they would know about this. When you started to build a building, especially a building that was going to be well known in the community, like a bank or uh, a courthouse, somewhere like that, they would always play the cornerstone first. There's significance in that. You will always play the cornerstone first because that is symbolic of the rest of the building. And usually the cornerstone would have on it some kind of engraving about the building established and, you know, who uh, funded the building to be, to be made. And so we see that the cornerstone or the foundation stone is always laid first. And how many know the Word of God says Jesus is always first in everything? And Paul says, the foundation I laid was no other foundation other than Jesus Christ. Why? Because if you're going to build something that's going to last forever, it has to be built on the foundation of Jesus, or it's not lasting. Anything in your life that's not built upon Jesus will not last. And we know this in the gospel, and this is one of the scriptures that our church is built off. It talks about one person built their house on the sand, and one person built their house on the rock. And when the storms of life came to both the houses, only one was left standing because they built their house upon the rock or the cornerstone or the foundation on Jesus Christ. And if your house is not built on the cornerstone, on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it will crumble eventually. When the storms of life come, when situations happen, the house will fall unless it's built on the solid foundation. And the only solid foundation and the only cornerstone and the only person that needs to be first place is Jesus himself. And notice the cornerstone must be laid first in your life. Something interesting about a cornerstone is a cornerstone helps bind all the other stones together. Cornerstone binds all the other stones or building materials together and really makes it unified as a building. And we said this earlier, but the one thing that holds the church 
globally together, we will disagree about tongues. We will disagree about healing. We will disagree about prosperity. We will disagree about this and that. But at the end of the day, the global church will always come together under the name of Jesus. And Jesus is the cornerstone that holds all the church together in place. Without him, we are not unified. Without him, we are not fit together without Jesus. Because he's the cornerstone. Something else about the cornerstone is the cornerstone provides the support and the strength for the building. A building is only as strong as its cornerstone. Your life will be only as strong as the cornerstone you build. Since the church, the foundation, the cornerstone, the boulder that it's built on is Jesus Himself. Let's get up so far tonight. Let's look over at First Peter two. First Peter two. First Peter two. We're going to start in verse four. So we see here that. building anything that anybody can 
years to look at. How many know the great architects of this day when they build something, they build it elaborate because they want everybody to talk about it, they want everybody to look at it? How many know God is a much better architect than that? And when He's building His local church, and when He's building it, He wants it to be amazing, He wants it to be beautiful, He wants the whole world to stop and take notice of what He's building. And what He's building is the church, and you're a part of that. You are a stone in the building. You are a beam in the building. You are a part of the building that he's building on the earth as the church. And the church should be attractive so much to the point that people take notice that are not a part of it. Just like a building that, is, that was made by a master architect that was so beautiful that it stood out that you can't help but see it. That's the way the church should be. And you're a part of that building that he's building. You are a stone, you are a beam that he's trying to put in place, or we can say modern day, you are a brick that he's putting in place in his building, but if you're not in place, the building will not be strengthened. It won't be solid. It won't be what it needs to be. In the same way, we could be a master architect building, an awesome building, but if there was different materials missing from that building, What's the matter with the architect? They don't have enough money to finish it. What's the deal? It would not be what it needs to be when people are not in the place. If you had a building and there was, you could tell this is what windows need to be, but there was no windows because somebody left the windows at the store and forgot to put them in, you would notice it. Somebody left the bathrooms out of the building, you would notice it. If somebody left bricks out of the building, you would notice it. In the same way, when you're not in the local church and you're not building his house, that's what his church looks like to the world. We see here that Jesus is building something that people will take notice of. In 1 Corinthians 12, let's go over there real quick. 1 Corinthians 12. Baptist Church is your own church, then you better get there. 
I'm not God. I can't tell you that. But he will set you somewhere. I see one thing he's not sending you at home. That's not a location he's sending you. And he just sent me at my house for a couple of days. No, he didn't send you there. You're a building material still at the store, acting like that. No, he's he sent you somewhere. Now you need to find out where. And God will tell you if you want to know. If it's not here, it's somewhere. you somewhere in some church to help build his building on the earth. But notice he he places you in the body as it pleases him. You know, that implies not only about where you go to church, but what you do in the local church. Doing nothing at the local church is not a job All of us are stones that are building up this house. And let me know, it matters that all the stones are there because if one's not there, then another one's going to have to fill in that spot. And it keeps going and going and going and makes the whole building weaker because every stone has to fill in somebody else's part. And then the building becomes unstable because one stone decides to jump out and it's okay. It makes the whole building weaker. It's important what you do. told you to go there, and not you just go there because that's just what I do. God should tell you why, because he will set you in the building or the body as it pleases him. But also, like I said, when you're in a local church, you should be involved in serving and helping, and it's all not in the same place. It's not all in the same place. But I tell you what, if you want to know, you're serious about it, God, He will tell you where you fit in the building. You might not be on the first floor, you might not be on the second floor, maybe if you're on the 17th floor doing something. But wherever you're at in the building, it's important and it's, it's vital because it makes up the whole building and it makes it more attractive for the world to see. You gotta understand that every part matters. Every part matters. Jobs. But it's all equally important to the whole building, to the whole house. 
house that you built. I love this. I'm going to I'm going to give you one more quote. And uh, Pastor Brian Houston said this: "What Hillsong Church is the most influential church on the planet, bottom line." And he's the pastor of Hillsong, and he said this: "The church is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of." Jesus, you're living a wasted life. 